one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Happy New Year. I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Ben Holderness. And this is the Holderness Family Podcast 2023 version. Wow. I was about to. 23. Like, and that was, if I can offer feedback, that was like really podcasty and like radio. You went like full radio on that. Thanks for the feedback. I was just trying to have a little energy <laughs> with, with it being a new year and all. Happy but new year. Uh, thanks for the feedback. I love it. No, no, you don't. <laughs> but you just don't talk like that in real life. Well, I think I was sort of parodying myself there. That's not okay. how I normally sound. It. Anyway. But thanks for bringing it happy to Happy 2023, you guys. I hope you're doing well. Today is a good one. We were on The Amazing Race and it aired last year. And we get a lot of questions about how we got in shape and got ready. We were among the older competitors. Well, we were the oldest combined age ever to win it, which right. was, I, I'm very proud of that because while in general, the very end is very mental mm -hmm. and it's memory based and there are a lot of things that you have to do with your relationship, with your partner that, that will give you an advantage. It is at the core something that if you don't have a decent amount of physical fitness, you're at a disadvantage. So right. training was important. And we knew going into it that we needed help. Yes. <laughs> and it wasn't the sort of thing like you just do like push-ups and no. bicep curls and, no. and then getting in shape. No, we, we knew enough because, of course, huge fans of the show for the entirety that there was always going to be, you know, carrying weird stuff upstairs like, right. or pushing a barrel up a hill. Like yeah. there's always those things challenges and very rarely was it going to be oh you aren't a beefcake dude you can't do this it, it was more likely going to be oh you're going to get exhausted right from from having to do this for too long 
So we are writing a series of blogs. We're going to post them throughout January once a week about highlighting some of the different workouts we did. Um, we're going to try our best to make them accessible um, for you at home. And meaning if you're doing, you know, instead of a kettlebell, you can carry a milk jug, right. things like that. And to be clear, this was inspired by how we trained to get ready for the amazing race. It was a different type of training for both right. of us. I came into this training for the race being a CrossFit bro. Mm -hmm. And before that, being triathlon trainer, and before that, being just a straight up runner. Mm -hmm. So I've had a lot of different episodes in my life. This one was different. I don't think I look as like jacked as I did doing CrossFit, but after doing this, I felt stronger. Yeah, I felt I was in the best shape of my life yeah. in my 40s going into the amazing race. So we wanted to introduce you to Dr. Taylor Pope. He is the owner of Chain Effect, which is he's a physical therapist and a trainer, and he helped us get in shape. And his team did there, the trainers there. Dr. Taylor Pope has been practicing outpatient physical therapy since 2010 after he graduated from UNC Chapel Hill with his doctor of physical therapy. He specializes in orthopedic and sports injuries, in addition to helping non acute patients identify latent dysfunction. Very fancy words there. Uh, while sports may have brought him to physical therapy initially he truly loves working with all types of clients and finds it particularly rewarding to help those who have been around the block that's us and may have had some less than desirable experiences he is certified functional dry needling practitioner dr pope has played competitive sports since a young child and although he's now in his 40s he continues to train and compete on the national stage an ultimate frisbee. And we're going to talk about that uh, toward the end, but also just a little side note. We've known him for a while. He's a friend of ours. Uh, he uses lots of big fancy words and we'll probably make fun of those. Yeah. Um, and also we talked about, if you know about what a misogi is, stay tuned and I need your help finding mine. Okay. Welcome to the show, Taylor Pope. Round of applause. Taylor's in our attic right now. Yep. Um, Taylor's off and running. Taylor said, thank you. That thank was, you. I don't know if you heard that, but this he was, did. Santa's workshop, right? I know. Right. So just to set the scene, uh, the attic is also where uh, we are currently, at the time of this recording, getting ready for Christmas. So, And I almost called Taylor last night because wrapping presents for me is a huge strain on your lower back. Mm -hmm. And you could even say that, right? Like, unless you activate your glutes properly when you're wrapping, <laughs> right? Your your upper butt muscles, if you will. Um Taylor's uh, Taylor knows all about those things. We'll be working out Upper and doing a lift, and he'll be like, "Well, your hydrangeas are a little tight, or whatever." Like <laughs> hydrangeas. I know it's a flower, but it's you get the point. <laughs> anyway, we'll let you talk eventually, yeah. Taylor. Um, so far, he's said thank you in okay. Santa's worship. Let, let's set him up here. I'm going to set you up, set you up with the question here. So we obviously how we got in shape for the Amazing Race. We're going to be doing a series of blog posts about this throughout January. And again, the goal is not to inspire some sort of you know six week plan, anything like that. Um, it's it's about getting in shape for life, which we set out a path for. So in your 40s. What are the challenges for getting faster, getting stronger? Because that has, my desire to be stronger and faster hasn't changed, but my age has. So, like, what are the challenges that you see? And feel free to talk fifties too, because I'm getting darn sure. close to that. Well, I would say the challenges differ a little bit based on your sex. So, you know, men actually peak in strength right around age fifty, whereas really, yeah. Whereas women, as soon as they get around 
perimenopause, there tends to be some hormonal changes that can limit your ability to really um, gain strength as quickly as you did before. So you can do it, it's just gonna take longer. Yeah, definitely. You can gain strength at any age. It's just your overall maximum potential starts to decline after your peak strength. And age. so what's the average, you said perimenopause. I know we've talked about this in the podcast, but what's kind of a mean number? You said 50 was the mean number for men. <sighs> it's different for, it's different for every uh, woman, but gotcha. once you start, um, you know, missing a cycle every once in a while, you're not getting, um, you're not getting the progesterone, uh, that you would get, um, but you're still getting the estrogen. So, mm -hmm. you know, this is a little bit above my pay grade and, mm -hmm. you know, we deal with, uh, we work with a lot of functional doctors who really dial in this stuff, but, you know, essentially a lot of the, you know, the, the sort of wellness, um, good feelings that you have that progesterone gives mm -hmm. you, you start to miss those. And so, um, it's much easier to gain weight and your shape tends to change a little bit. It's easier to gain weight around the midsection. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, during those times, uh, you know, strength training is super important because we all know that, you know, with, uh, without the progesterone, your, your bone health has a tendency to suffer just a little bit. And that's why you see, uh, people or, or women when they get into, later middle age, you know, you start seeing, uh, the onset of osteopenia, osteoporosis and weight training is probably one of the single biggest, uh, things that you can do to slow that progression and reverse it. Define weight training. I think that's the biggest one, right? Cause I've done CrossFit. I've been in your gym. I've got my garage gym. There is obviously a right way to do weight training. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we can, we can wrap on this for about an hour easy, but <laughs> what I would say is we want to be, we want to be lifting heavy and that is going to change based on where you start and what level of training you've had in the, in the past. So heavy for someone just starting out, that might be a 30 pound kettlebell, but heavy for you. Um, you know, I think when we brought you in and we started really ramping up your deadlifts, you were easily in that, you know, 175, close to, closer to 200 range. You know, when we're talking about strength training, you know, I think it's easy. A lot of people come from different back backgrounds. And if I think back to ninth grade, Coach Kane in the weight room where I was barely lifting the bar on a bench press, it was all about what we call bro splits. And what that means is training a couple different sets of muscles and you do like, let's say back and back and biceps, yep. chest and triceps, shoulders, legs, and you repeat, you do, you know, each one of those workout days is centered around those two muscle groups. And then you just alternate throughout the week and then reset it the next week. What we do in our gym is what's called functional training. So we're doing more compound movements, meaning training lots of different muscles. We're focusing on recruitment of these uh, different functional patterns. And with that, we're really sort of building quality movement and quality movement that is backed by strength. So I know when we got in shape for the amazing race, um, we came to the fine folks at chain effect and we, we weren't allowed to say that was, that was so funny. We weren't allowed to tell anybody what we were doing. 
But we told uh, Grant at the time, we're like, we're going on a travel show and we need to just be ready for all sorts of different yeah. physical challenges. What kind of travel show? Well, it's a race and some people would call it Amazing. phenomenal yeah. or and, some synonym for and that. And he's like, you're going yeah. on an amazing race? We're like, no, no, de <laughs> not, definitely not that. So the... I think it was the first time I, I've always heard, you know, these functional movements and definitely, you know, was was doing the things that I downloaded on the internet. And I obviously, I work with Dr. Harriet Hansel. So I was like doing that stuff, but to, to really be so focused with a very clear goal was really impactful because it wasn't just like, it wasn't doing, it was doing deadlifts, but then it was carrying you know, a big sandbag over your shoulder up the stairs. Sure. It was like carrying that weird stuff, but I have never felt better or stronger than doing, I mean, I would say even, I like we went into that, I felt that I would felt more prepared than I was probably in my peak shape in my twenties. Yeah. Yeah, I think I know, like peeling back the curtain on functional movements, a lot of people hear functional movements and they're thinking of like activities of daily living, whereas like, oh, I'm, you know, bringing the groceries in or putting a suitcase in the overhead compartment. When we talk about functional movement training, we're talking about basically the primal ways that the body was designed to move. So we can break those up real quick into a hip hinge, where you're, the, the primary lever is bending through the hips, a knee hinge, um, where the primary motion is happening at the knees, pulls, presses, and those are obviously upper extremity mm -hmm. exercises, and then rotation, anti-rotation. So your ability to control your body against rotation. And then we have the more dynamic movements, which is what you're, what you're just were referring to, like sled pushes, running, jumping, crawling, different movements like that. And so our goal is to first build, you know, draw bright lines around each of those different movement patterns and really make sure we're recruiting the right muscles to do that effectively. And then build strength on those patterns by adding weight and continuously, you know, pushing what you're able to do. We will be right back. Don't go anywhere. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? 
and some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. To go back to what Kim said about training for the race, and I'm with her. Like, it was a different type of strength that I felt. Yeah. I was a CrossFit guy before that, and I was like, oh, look, I've got like huge quads, but. It hurts to go to the bathroom every day. You know, like I can't stand up off the toilet. Like I just had like some sort of phantom pain going on. So I will say you guys did a good job with stability and making sure that we were were training the right way. But here's what I want to know. And you've seen some of the of the race that we were on and you're, you're familiar with the show. Is there just like there's a South Beach diet or there's a you know, keto diet or there's some kind of like workout. Is there money for us to make like billions of dollars on the amazing race workout? Like having looked at the show (laughs) and seeing that it does, it does test endurance. It tests like the amazing race workout. It builds strength because of all the backpacks you have to carry around. Like, did you see when you watched us on the race, did you see, Oh, that's, that was my thing I did with the weird pole or the sled push. Well, I definitely saw some, uh, some gaps in our training. Oh, good. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Once we, uh, once we, once I watched the show and, you know, for instance, Kim, when you were doing the flag and you were talking about how your arm was like about to go to sleep, you know, we, we have, uh, these clubs that we swing around. I think pin I've shown you this as part of your, the bowling uh, pins. Yeah. The bowling pins. It looks like a, a tennis warm up, and, you know, we certainly could have done that. I think. You know, we did a lot of, you, you mentioned the farmer carries, which yeah. is incredible for building grip strength. Mm-hmm. And I think like, obviously you guys were tested having to carry, you know, six bottles of wine at a time, or I think you yeah. guys went with four, right? Like yeah. four bottles of wine at a time up. What was it like 2000 stairs? Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, you're testing your grip strength and that's what we really build when you're doing heavy deadlifts, when you're carrying heavy weight, doing pull-ups, things like that. You're really sort of building and, and you can test this. Like if you just squeeze your hand lightly, you know, what muscles are you feeling in, in your arm, right? Just mm-hmm. very lightly, you know, maybe you feel a little bit of your forearm, but then you squeeze a little bit tighter. And then maybe you're feeling a little bit more bicep, right? Mm-hmm. You're starting to feel that bicep start to flex. And then you squeeze like white knuckle as hard as you can. And you should feel that all the way up into your shoulder girdle and even maybe into your pecs. And that's the kind of recruitment that we're talking about. It's not just training one muscle, it's training a pathway of muscles. Cause you gotta, you gotta remember your nerves, which leave your neck and then go to all of your muscles. They work on a pathway. And so the same nerves that are innervating your deltoid are innervating different muscles in your forearm. So by activating those patterns of movement and strengthening those patterns of movement, that's why you felt coordinated and strong at the Mm -hmm. same time. And that's what gives you that like feeling of just tightness and control in your body. And unfortunately, like when you're not training that way and you're just really isolating muscles, which has its place in, in bodybuilding and when you're really trying to like build a good looking physique, I mean, there's definitely benefits to doing those type of workouts. But when your goal is to feel good, be strong, athletic, and then also not get injured, 
I think functional training is definitely the best way. Okay, so you have people listening to this and maybe they're curious about how we got in shape for the amazing race, but also like it's, you know, the start of the new year and that with that comes some resolutions and commitments. What, if they're listening to this, how we're gonna be posting our little workouts, but what sort of things should they be searching for? What sort of gym, like what sort of equipment in the gym should they be looking at? If they don't have a gym membership, what around their house could they be doing to put these things into action? Yeah. You know, that's such an interesting, that's such an interesting question, because if you, if you think back to what gyms, I mean, we're, we're all too young to, uh, to remember this, but back in the day, there weren't all of the machines at the gym. Right. And the machines at the gym are there for one reason. And that is to cut down on payroll Mm. because you have all these machines, these Nautilus machines, and you don't have to have staff to basically walk around and make sure people aren't hurting themselves because mm. the machines move in one plane of motion. Mm. So really, you know, the best, the best workouts are done with free weights. Free weights. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of kettlebells. I think, you know, the ability to swing the kettlebell and move it on an arc, you know, is obviously increasing that centripetal acceleration and, and essentially increasing that force as you're moving the, as you're moving the weight. He's using the big words again, like the <laughs> upper hydrangeas. Here yeah. we go. Your upper hydrangeas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, essentially, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of kettlebells, but I also think, you know, you do need some, you do need some, like, a, you know, ideally you have a hex bar or a barbell, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you have some weight to put on top of that because, you know, eventually, you know, the goal I think for anyone starting out would be, you know, deadlift your body weight. And then see how much over that you can get, right? I don't think I can. Can I deadlift my body weight? Well, you don't want to. Well, you've got the lower back thing going. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, yeah, just deadlift. I, I as a goal, tweet. though. It as is a goal. goal. It a is goal. a goal. Yeah. So I, P.S. I don't deadlift my body weight because my lower back is just a thing. So anyway, just putting that out there if you're listening to this. Um, but I love, so avoid the machine, stick with dumbbells. We're going to be, we're going to be offering uh, workouts here um, right. on holdernessfamily.com once a week in January. Yeah. I want to talk just about some of the sort of cliff notes of what I've noticed when I've worked out with Taylor that are, I would just say different from any other place. Like I've done heat training. I've gone to Pilates. I've gone to the cycle situation. I've done, the, I've done the orange theory. I've done a lot of CrossFit and anytime someone, I hear something different from what I've heard. I've done metabolic. Anytime I've gone and I've heard something different, it always sticks out with me. You are obsessed with Turkish getups, which we can discuss or we can show people. That's one thing I've noticed about you. You are a huge fan of the sled and you have a, um, I think you have a start to finish philosophy that's different maybe or or maybe you just say it more to me or that i've noticed it more than other places do which is you do the neuro hydrangea stuff at the beginning it's the wrong word what the hell is it and then you go to like sheer brute strength and just sweating until you die at the end neurohydrangea Um, neurohydrangea so tell me tell me that philosophy about kind of the path of a workout and then also tell everybody why you're obsessed with my least favorite workout which is the turkish getup so your nervous system, like your muscles, has basically a threshold of how much it can activate. And 
So we want to do the most neurologically complex. Like technical stuff. Technical that's stuff. The, that's the exactly. word I was looking for. We want yep. to do gotcha. that stuff in the beginning when your, your nervous system is going to have the most the most endurance basically. And the reason is we want you doing those movements perfectly every single time. Um, and it's really important with things that, especially when you're moving a weight overhead, like snatches, Turkish get-ups, you know, when you're trying to lift heavy with a deadlift and you have to organize your spine. And it's really important that you're doing that because you don't want to get injured. And it's when you start to fatigue that uh, neuromuscular system that all of a sudden you might not be activating your core or you might not be activating the right stability muscles that are protecting you while you're doing those movements. So we start with the most sort of neuro complex movements and then we move on to stuff that is more like you said like ground and pound or you know just you know getting your heart rate up and and really making sure that you're you're finishing with a good sweat. And sometimes and sometimes we also you know we're sort of building movements right so that's another thing you kind of touched on we're going to do our functional movement patterns in the beginning and we're going to make sure we hit all all of those patterns we're going to hit our hip hinge we're going to do our knee hinge we're going to do some pulls some presses some rotation some anti-rotation and then we're going to combine those patterns into more of our dynamic stuff which is the sled push which is ball slams rotational ball slams, box jumps, things like that. We're going to do that stuff more at the end. Um, what do you think? I mean, we had a deadline. We were getting ready for the amazing race and we knew the date we needed to go and be ready. So we had a deadline. I work really well with the deadline. You sure do, babe. I Wait, do. is this new Kim or is this... This is this is everyday Kim. Everyday but Kim. But is new Kim still around? Like, because new what? Kim... Oh, what? I know what he's referring to. New oh. Kim is I've paid for this oh, session yeah. and no, I'm no, no. saying no. It's also like the giving up control Kim that oh. I saw in the amazing race. Oh, you, I, mean, uh, I didn't give up too much control. That was edited. You said, like I'm just going to go into this. <laughs> oh, the, you haven't finished watching that. No. Yeah. That she was, never gave up control. No, no, we were the last date. I don't know if Taylor finished it. The last day. Taylor we, hasn't even watched all of that. That is not. Race. Look, guys. Taylor's <laughs> turning very, very bright red right now. <laughs> this is my favorite part of the day because Taylor and I, I don't know if you could tell her, we're buddies. Yeah. And we um, like to bust but, each so, but No. So here's here's the question. What do you think stands in people's way of making changes like this because yeah. strength training st strength training functional training all this stuff that's so new and different and weird and let's face it if you're over 40 there's a potential you're going to hurt yourself yeah. like so what do you think is the biggest barrier to people making these changes well i think to start with is definitely mindset you know if you're going into any sort of workout program and you're looking to make like a quick hitting change you're probably going to be going too hard, too early. And if you're coming from a place where you haven't been doing a lot, yes, you are definitely priming yourself for injury. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite little snippets that I like to tell people about is, you, you know, your muscles and tendons have different metabolisms. So your muscles, which every muscle has two tendons, but you know, people will develop tendonitis, right? An inflammation of the tendon, usually right around like five or six weeks into a workout program. And a lot of times that happens because the muscles are getting strong and that can happen, you know, you're gonna improve your 
like we talked about the neuromuscular activation you're the hydrangeas. Improve, yeah, yeah, the hydrangeas. You're gonna you're gonna improve that in the first week. So just your coordination of doing the movements is gonna make it appear like you're increasing your strength. But you know, it takes about eight to ten weeks for muscles to have like that cellular turnover where they're starting to increase their cellular size and you're you know, you're really getting that hypertrophy or the the growing of, in size of the muscle. But the tendons lag behind that. And it takes about 220 days for the tendons to have that same cellular turnover. So when you're initiating a workout program, it's really easy for you to increase the weight too quickly or go too hard. And then you develop a tendonitis, which that can take a month or a month and a half to sort of go away if you're, if you're treating it. And then you're stopping. And then you're stopping and you're losing momentum. So I think, you know, setting a realistic expectation for long-term athletic development, Mm -hmm. you know, thinking about your workout program as, you know, I'm, I'm going to be building tools for my toolbox that I'm going to use the rest of my life. And that's why, you know, there's a million different ways to do a knee, a knee hinge. There's a, a lot of different ways to do a hip hinge, but we want to make sure that you're understanding why you're doing those exercises. We want to make sure you're feeling it in the right place and that you have the concept of, okay, I'm doing this because I need to hit this pattern and then I can move on to the next pattern and I can cycle in all of these different exercises, but I'm organizing my workout so that I'm going to make basically a balanced body. And so I think that, I think that's really important. So, so the biggest barrier would be people going too fast and then expecting results too quickly too quickly and then but knowing also that there's no like end there's no finish line we're like i'm done i don't have to do this anymore like you're kind of doing this forever you're doing it forever but i I do think it's important to have you know sort of short-term and long-term benchmarks yeah little benchmark goals you know maybe you know you want to run a 5k or you know you're you know you joined an ultimate frisbee league or you know and you're (laughs) getting trained up for that obviously a lot of different goals that you can have, but I do think it's important to have some short and long-term goals so that you can be training for something. I, yeah, I think that's what I miss the most. Like I think after the amazing race experience, I had a little bit of a, I was a little down because I missed the training. I think that was my, I mean, I loved the race experience, like, especially after it was done. That's the post-race blues. The post-race blues, right? But I think it was because I didn't have, that mindset to train. My issue is like, I, I think a 5k is great, but I, and I still do run here and there, but my hips start to hurt a little bit, you know? And then I don't want to do a mud run because I just, I've done those. I'm going to jump in here and say that running is the most overrated thing on the planet. (laughs) I'm so sorry. And I used to be a really good runner and I'm probably still a good runner. I, I'm with you. Like the older I get, the more my body's like, what are you doing? Well, and it's so many steps. Why I'm, don't you stop and go do something else? So my question for Taylor is, well, first of all, he's going to be like, you're going to use high knees and then you're going to be fine. <laughs> but what is, in your opinion, the most overrated form of exercise that Ouch. you see Ooh. issues with or that you're like, why are you doing this? Ouch. Ouch. Ugh, uh, you're going to make me dig my own grave here, huh? Do it. Dig. Right. I just, hey, no, well, I'm, I'm going to make me, every runner in the world angry, let, but it's, maybe it's just because it's for me. Let me start with running. Um, I'm not going to say running is overrated, um, but I will say that I think people, again, approach running with the wrong mindset. Yeah. A lot of people say, okay, I'm going to go run to get in shape. 
but I would argue that you have to get in shape to run. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, you have to, you are doing, like you just said, thousands and thousands of steps when you go out for a run, how you do those steps. We all know that like a mile for, for me, like a mile into a run, my form starts to go downhill. I'm getting tired. I'm getting winded, you know? So obviously neuromuscular back to that, like perfect movement. I'm not having perfect movement while I'm out there. That means I'm not loading my joints correctly. I'm not loading my muscles correctly. I'm not doing the things that I was doing when I went to start my run. Right. So I think, you know, getting yourself strong so you can run. I do think running has, you know, a lot of benefit. And you know that we program running for you. We program tempo style runs where you're running a short distance and you're working on perfect form the whole time. We program hill sprints where you're actually doing a much lower impact activity. And that's great for a lot of Because you're going up a hill. Yeah, because you're going up a hill. So yeah. you don't have to decelerate your, your joints, essentially, yeah. like when you're running downhill. Yeah, I love running uphill. Let me be clear. Like, I, I, I love going up mountains. Yeah. And I can run up mountains. But anything flat or down, my knees are like, why, 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 every time it hits the ground. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess the, the overrated types of exercises, I mean... Ugh, should I say bicep curls? I mean, yeah, like say it. bicep curls or, you know, I think bench press gets a lot of people in trouble. You know, it's great for building strength, but, um, you know, I think that we see a lot of injuries with that. I'm not against pressing. I don't want to say that. Um, but you know, having that be sort of the hallmark of your workout program, I think you're really like missing an opportunity to yeah. build that full body strength. So having said that, what's the most underrated workout? Underrated workouts. Well, I think just, you know, people don't know about Turkish get-ups. Yeah. I don't I think people those. are doing those. But they are good. I think deadlifting, especially for our society, which involves so much sitting. Mm -hmm. You know, if I think what I like to explain to people is, you know, when you do a deadlift, you are basically doing the opposite of what you do all day when you sit. You're working the opposite muscle groups. And so when you're hunched over the computer, when you're getting your hip flexors tight because you're in a seated position, when you go and do a deadlift, you're working the opposite muscles. You're working your back, you're working your glutes and hamstrings. And, you know, I think that deadlifting should be a priority for every workout. And a lot of people, this is another area where people are like, okay, let me go to YouTube to figure out how to deadlift. But you might be watching a power lifter who is trying to lift the most weight and thus is combining a squat pattern and a hip hinge pattern or a deadlift pattern and a squat pattern. Mm -hmm. And what we do in the gym is we draw bright lines around what is a hip hinge, what is a knee hinge, and we make sure that, you know, your deadlift is hips high, back straight, torso moving down, vertical shins versus the squat, which is hips dropping, shins moving forward, torso staying tall. And I, you know, I think a lot of people, they're like, oh yeah, I deadlift. And what they're really doing is a squat. You yeah. know, and, and so they haven't really had that training. And once they do and they do it the right way, they're like, oh, my gosh, like I've never felt my glutes activate this way. I've never felt my hamstrings in a workout. And I think that I think that's super important. Um, I, I right now I haven't worked out today, but I totally feel the need to go do some deadlifts. I'm the same way. This is like if we were talking to a dentist, I would want to go brush my teeth immediately yeah. afterwards. I'm going to definitely go downstairs and do something. Uh, what this. is the frequency in which people should be doing these functional movements? I mean, you talked about yeah. like the bro plans that had like a daily thing, but what like ideally, like what's a realistic 
goal for how often people should be doing this and then what's ideal? I mean, I think most the average person or even people who are really trying to sort of up their athletic game, you can, you can certainly get by with two to three strength workouts a week. Okay. You know, I, my personally, my ideal workout plan is I want to lift heavy once mm -hmm. a week. And that means I'm really pushing the numbers as high as I can for all of those patterns. And then a couple of days later after I've recovered, I'm going to do more of a ballistic style workout where I'm doing my kettlebell swings, where I'm doing my snatches and the more explosive movements. And the idea behind that is I'm taking that strength and then I'm adding speed to it and then speed and strength equal power. Mm -hmm. And so I want to, you know, I play ultimate Frisbee, so I want to be powerful and explosive. And so for me to do those, I'm, I'm building strength one day. I'm usually running, uh, like a hill sprint workout or a tempo style workout in between. Mm -hmm. And then I'm doing my, um, you know, my Turkish get-ups, my kettlebell swings, my sled push, some of those more explosive style movements. What do you think about this? Uh, I don't know who put it out, but the 10,000 steps a day, are you a fan of that? I think building awareness around how much you move is an excellent strategy for everyone, whether or not 10,000 steps. And, you know, I've just heard some other research and I don't know if they're just kind of Americanizing this for us, but they're like, no, it's actually all you need is 8,000 steps oh, or 7,000 steps. And it's like, come on, people like 10,000 steps. Isn't that hard? But, and you know, if you look at it and it's six o'clock and you've only done 3000 steps, a lot of people are getting off the couch and, and you know, going out for a walk. And I think ultimately anything we can do where we're getting people to move and think about movement is great. So, mm -hmm. you know, whether, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say like, you can just walk for all of your exercise because really you're just moving in one plane of motion and you're moving through a pretty short range of motion, right? You're not really lifting your legs up that much when you walk. Mm -hmm. And so you're not strengthening a big range of motion when you're doing that. It's great for the cardio, you know, cardiovascular benefit. And I have a lot of patients where that is my number one goal. I want them walking 30 minutes a day of continuous walking, which is a little bit harder than it sounds. You know, you think, Oh, I'll just go for a 30 minute walk. But for a person who's deconditioned, mm -hmm. a 30 minute walk can be quite That's challenging. And sometimes I tell people, look, you can't do 30 minutes, break it up into three rounds of 10 minutes. So in the morning, go out for a 10 minute walk, you know, lunchtime, 10 minute walk, dinner time, 10 minute walk. Mm -hmm. And then they can accomplish, you know, that 30 minute threshold. This is all very useful. And again, I, I know we've said this several times, but make sure and check out uh, our blogs that are going to accompany this with some of our workouts in mm -hmm. the new year. Taylor, before we let you go, um, I know you'd like to spend between 20 and 25 minutes talking about ultimate uh, Frisbee <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and let's know you guys. So yeah, when we were kids, when, this is gonna come when up. we were kids, we played, it was called Frisbee football. That's what we called it. I did it in Boy Scouts. It was the first 20 minutes of every scout meeting and it's football but with the Frisbee, right? And if you look it up on YouTube, the people have gotten good at this. There's tournaments. And so I find out that Taylor, the guy that we go to for training, um, is on like a team that goes to Ireland for these tournaments. So he invited me to join his league this winter. And I've done one game. And in that game, it was, it was like a two-hour game, first of all. Yeah, Penn's like, it was really long. Yeah, it was longer than I thought. And the reason why was you play, for, it's like hockey. You play for 
uh, 45 seconds to a minute and you're exhausted because you're really just running around the field for a long, long time. Taylor's very good. He's been obviously been doing this for a while. He can throw the ball wherever he wants to. It's a frisbee. It's not a ball. Sorry, or I did that like twenty a, times. No, we had it. We had a, we have an we had an over under bet on how many times he I would, would say ball, ball or a touchdown. Game. Yeah, he, you know, I cleared the over very easily. Yeah, Penn Junior was like, "Oh, it's definitely going to be at least six. It was <laughs> way more. The PC texted me and he was like, "Dad keeps calling it a ball." Well, and then I had like there were all these really nice guys. They're like, "Dude, welcome to the team. It's awesome. Are you aware of how to run a horizontal stack versus vertical stack, bro?" And I was like, <laughs> "I." I, they explained it to me, but I wasn't getting it. And I wasn't getting it. And then another person explained it to me. I didn't get it. Another person. And eventually I got benched. As right, rightfully rightfully so, true. I got benched. Got benched. Not true. Okay, I mean, so to find benching. He's I, ignoring his, his highlight where he took one of the best defenders on the other team deep, high pointed the ball. It's the a ball. Oh, <laughs> now you're so doing you got it. Me. Yeah, high pointed the frisbee, you know, jumped up, caught it with both hands immediately threw it right into the chest of the nearest person because he doesn't... I'm not a thrower. He's not a thrower. I'm a catcher. And then he ran in the end zone and, and we scored. <laughs> and then he caught another goal later on. So, I mean, that you're, sounds like a you're ignoring your highlights. Well, yeah. I, I, you know me. And, and like, you, I, I start a new sport. I have a list of like 20 things that I want to do better well, immediately. If we let Taylor, like if we leave him on the microphone too long, he's going to recruit everybody to play Ultimate Frisbee. Well, that's, I wanted to stop with that because you know this about me. I like to try all these new sports. I'm really into pickleball. I've played Padel for the first time yeah. last week and I love that. But something about Ultimate, I, I was gassed and I only played about a third of the game. I was really, really tired because you run really, really hard yeah. and you don't realize you're doing it because it's so much fun. And I do a workout. I, do, I play ultimate about twice a week. So on Wednesday nights, I play mini ultimate and it's like three on three. Uh huh. And I burn 900, 900 calories an hour. Wow. So that seems high. It's a high, it's high. Okay. It's a ton, but I weigh a lot. So it's, it's yeah. easier for me to burn. <laughs> it's easier for me to burn that many calories. I, like, as a middle-aged woman, <laughs> I'd burn 14. <laughs> but I will say like ultimate is great because you, all you need is cleats, a Frisbee and some cones, right? So, yeah. you know, the access is there. It's, it's really accessible sport. And there's not a lot of sports that you can play when you're older and you know, you're not playing football. You know, I grew up playing lacrosse. Surely you can play soccer, but you know, you're not playing football and lacrosse that much when you're older. I know there's some lacrosse leagues and there's some flag football leagues out there, but you know, having a sport that you can continue to train for and play, I'm 42 now, but there, so I am now qualified for what's called grandmasters. I know you like to call it like the grand wizard. But I know it sounds very, it sounds very <laughs> no. racist. But, <laughs> no, no, I have no, qualified for grand masters. <laughs> danger. And like, you need to rebrand that. But there is yes. great grand masters at age 50. And then there's <laughs> legend there. status at yeah. age 60. So, so there are guys out there in their mid sixties running around diving for Frisbees. I mean, come on. What other sport are people doing that? Uh, none. Uh, pickleball. <laughs> yeah. Pickleball. Pickleball. So what? Okay. My mom's playing pickleball and she, Loves it. She went to Costa Rica for a workshop to play pickleball. I think that's what I need, babe, is go to Costa Rica. You need an expensive trip? Yeah, I think that's what really is. I took a pickleball lesson, my first pickleball lesson last weekend. And he said, you're good-ish, question mark. No, it was good. It's, I mean, it was, it was, I didn't, I don't know. I I don't know a lot about the game. I mean, we have, we have 
uh, customers like a, we have a, a group of ladies who are like pickleball champions. I know. Effect, and they're training. They're doing personal training twice a week so yes. they can maintain their their pickleball. I know. Documents. We so are going to become we're going to rebrand ourselves. You, Taylor, me, Kim, we're all going to become obs- obscure sports limited enthusiasts. Oh, I've been there. Yeah. yeah, I've been there. No, yeah. I, I actually do love that. And you can't even call pickleball obscure anymore. But I, I do love those kind of like secondary. So think. So when I was talking to you, like I'm I need something to train for. I don't know if a pickleball tournament is it but i'm gonna i i, I think i want to train i just i need a deadline i need something you need a masogi i'm I, I know What's so i'm that? reading that book you told me about it's the comfort crisis the comfort crisis so i'm reading this book called the comfort crisis and i'm in the i'm he's talking about it right now a masogi is this it's a yearly tradition from this man who's this like brilliant man and he's a doctor uh, uh, it's a japanese i think like, it's yeah, pronounced no, miyagi are we talking no, about but, but he, he no it's not the karate it, kid but he okay. took he took the name from the japanese tradition okay and it's this really physically mentally like taxing event that of your own creation yep and it, the whole thing is like there should be like a 50 percent chance of failure yeah so if you do if you're like i'm gonna run a marathon but you've done you've done 20 mile runs uh, no, you're probably going to succeed at that. If you're like, I'm going to do a marathon, but I've only ever run four miles before. So this only works if it's, if, if it's, well, it's, it's failure. It, it should okay. be something that like, you're going to build some skills around, right? You're going to challenge yourself in new ways and you're going to create like a super memorable experience. And you do it every year. And you try to pick one like every year. Yeah, so like one, it'd be different. Every so year. like one that I, I heard that was really good. It's like, you get like, uh, like four you and four, you and three of your buddies and you're going to carry a rock underwater for a mile for each person. So you, you're going to do, you got With four breaks. people. You're going to do, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But good. you're going to, you got four people. You're going to do four miles and you're going to, you know, dive down, pick up the rock, walk as long as you can on one breath, drop the rock, swim back up. Next person goes, dives down, walks as far as they can. And you just keep rotating through until you've gotten four miles. And that's a Misogi? That would be, well, that'd be an so example an of example. one. So also they don't want you to like, you're not supposed to like post about it because it's not supposed to be, it's supposed to be for you. Oh, that's going to be mm-hmm. tough. But then, um, and then the, the second, there's like two rules and one rule is, I forget. Don't like the, die. And then the second rule is don't die. Yeah. But there are some people who do some like they, right now I'm at the part, he's going deep into a, the Alaskan wilderness. And so there's like a little training around it. Like cause you have to do those trail, right. you know, you have to do, but training for like oh my gosh well what do i do if a bear attacks me that sort of thing so i need a masogi you need a masogi but i don't know well if i google search what's a good masogi for a middle-aged woman so the amazing race was it right that was was perfect i mean there's a ton of things i could we do like go up a big mountain like kilimanjaro or something people do that all the time yeah but like but i know so here's the problem I don't die. That's Kilimanjaro is not Everest. You're fine. No, but also I feel here's here's my problem with that. I would train like because there's there's a balance between I I, I would get on the stair climber. I would go on hikes and stuff like that because you can be you have to be a little bit ready for it. Right. Oh, yeah. But half half of it is preparation. Yeah. So but I feel like that's too maybe maybe that's what it is. Maybe you and I have to you know, I have to do different ones. I'm starting to realize it, yeah. It's yeah. great if you can get your spouse involved, but you know, it should be yearly. So like, and it, yeah. you, you know, you're trying to do something sort of different every year. I, uh, so a friend of mine is going to, he's going to climb every 5.9 
uh, track, or I don't know what they call it, but route at all of the TRCs in the triangle. What is TRC? So like, it's, they're all rated, yeah. all of the climbs. It's like Triangle, rock, triangle club. rock Club. It's oh, where it, me and Lola go. And so five nines are hard. Yeah, so he's gonna try to climb in one day, all of the 5.9s and below. Yeah. Wow. And so it's like a hundred routes. Yeah, and I, so I can do the five, Sixes, five, sevens, if oh, I'm really no. lucky. Yeah, you're probably it's, like me. That's I'm not. Well, it's just right. fingers. It, it's Stay close six to the foot wall. five dudes yeah. are not. But also, so there, the, I, the part I love about it is there has to be, it has to, to, in my mind, it would have to, it can't just be this thing that takes 30 minutes. It has to be this like, right. because there, there's going to be a point in time in which you really want to give up. And it, that's like the, the mental part of it yeah. too. And that was the amazing race. There's plenty of times yeah. where I'm like, this sucks. So like, I need something that's not a reality show. Well, I think too, like a big part of the book is like, we, we always talk about nature as being out there. And nature is in us. Mm -hmm. And so anything too that can be sort of centered around some sort of nature experience, I think has like added benefit because, you know, he's talking about, you know, in you referenced his, his hunting trip, he's going to be in the Alaskan wilderness for 33 days, a hundred miles from cell phone service in any city. Mm -hmm. Right. So they are just like completely on their own. Luckily, he's got like two experienced right. outdoor woodsmen, but like still anything could happen. Mm -hmm. But, you know, even just the idea, he, he talks a lot about like a daily, a weekly and a monthly threshold for your encounter with nature. Right. So like how much nature, just like being outside and being in the woods is necessary for you to feel at ease and be balanced essentially. And it's like, 20 minutes on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, I think 24 hours on a monthly basis. And then on a yearly basis, it's like more than three days and it's like no cell phone, you know, no interruptions. You're like disconnecting yourself from the world and connecting yourself to or returning to nature, essentially. I, and I definitely, that's why I love going to the beach. Just just the nature of being outside. I feel so much more centered. And here, we're in the dead of winter. Dead of winter. It, we're still in the south, but it's still very cold to me, you guys. I, it's harder for me to get myself outside. But that's it makes me want to train uh, to get physically ready to do something it's just like so cool and different. That's why like a 5K doesn't do it. A mud what run about, doesn't like, do what it. What about yourself out of surf? Hang on. Yeah. Or like you're on it. the beach. Oh, you can already do that. Why don't we Sick. mix the beach with the weird underwater rock thing? And maybe it's like an overwater, like a huge, heavy, some annoying thing that you have to carry down the beach like a mile. Yeah. That or like you can make up your own crazy thing. Yeah, and, I, and you could. that's the thing. It's like you can make it up. Yeah, it, you, you, it doesn't. There's no rules about it. There's not a website you sign up for. It's like you make it up. 50-50 chance of failure, though. Yes, you that's need the, it to That's be. the hard part. And the the guy who he was interviewing about it, he's like, I've failed plenty of these, you know. And he he yeah. talks about, but he like one of his was like going around the Grand Canyon or like through and back and through. It would take like days to do. Pen, you're gonna have to you're gonna read this book when I'm done. Okay, it's I'm really just good. googling it right now, which is kind of the same thing. <laughs> Sorry. No, so, I'll read hey it. I'll guys, read it. So this was our How We Got in Shape the Amazing Race. But I love the way it ended because that's where, honestly, when I heard him talk about it, because I'm listening to it on Audible, by the way, that's why I say I'm reading the book, but I'm really listening to Same. it. Same. I'm like, that's the first time I heard the 
I'm like, oh, that's why I have, and I've talked about it here after The Amazing Race. I didn't need to be back on a reality show, but I needed that sense of adventure. Um, the You're probably going to fail like that. It, there's always like that risk of fail. And then just like that extreme high you get when you have a little bit of success, I think. So that's what we're going to do, Penn. We're going to find a rock or something to carry. We're going to do it. Love it. Yeah. Done. It'd be cool to do it together. Yeah. That's yeah, that's great. But I think that what what the book is telling you that this is a personal. No, landmark. but people do it together though. Okay, but what if what I want to do is a little harder than? Do you want to do what you want to? What do you want to do? I just okay. I love you. I love you. I love you. But if it's for us to each of us to do something that's like, and I may have a little more. So you're saying like you're fifty percent and be me for like thirty percent. I I would. Or maybe mine just needs to be a little longer or yeah. heavier. Yeah. Like maybe that would be what it is. Yeah. And we just kind of scale it that way. Yeah, we but you scale. can accomplish it together. Like make it so it's hard enough where you have to accomplish it together as yeah. a team too. You know? So therefore it becomes harder for you because you have to carry the rock farther. That's fine. And I'm cool. But I also don't want to take away your, I don't want to steal your wind. You or, separate what, rocks. Got it. Okay. We're going to work this out. Taylor. But make sure you have your musculoskeletal <laughs> physical first. Uh-huh. Your annual musculoskeletal physical. Okay, sounds good. You're going to need that. Or oh, are you what selling something right now? Oh, yeah, that's, that's, what, that's okay. what we do. But that's good. That's why you come up here for the podcast. <laughs> the platform is yours. Tell us all about the musculoskeletal physical, please, Taylor. Right. So, you know, you go to the doctor every year and you get a physical, right? You get your blood work. You know, for guys, we get some other fun stuff happening. For girls, I don't even know what oh, you guys do, please. but I'm sure it's... For women, please, there's a whole thing. You're fine. Go ahead. But whoever looks at how you move, right, right. Whoever yeah. measures, you know, builds some data around how strong you are, how fast you are. And so at Chain Effect, one of the things we're doing is we're building out this data-driven musculoskeletal physical. We have a Fit 3D scanner that does circumferential measurements and basically creates a three-dimensional avatar of your body that you can then measure every year. I want to do that. Where you can see is my body still fitting in my previous body and it shows you like your previous outline and where your new body is. So obviously you can see great improvements, but you can also see the other side of that. So we're building out this musculoskeletal physical in a way to help people stay motivated so that you can at, you know, what are you 41? So at 41, that's really sweet. At at 41, you think I'm 40. No, he did. He knows I'm not 41. I'm 46. So at 46, hold on. We're at this point. Yeah. I'm at, I'm 46. Okay, yeah. go ahead. I, I so you at 46, you, you know, you're taking some strength measurements, right? You're building some data. You're putting some numbers to the snapshot in time of where Kim Holderness is at 46. And I'm who's to say that you're not a stronger version of yourself at 56. And, and so that, the, I think that was the first question I asked, like, what are the challenges? But I meant to follow up with, can I, is it realistic for, for me to be stronger in 10 years than I am right now? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. They say it's about a 1% decline in overall strength, but you should view that more as potential, a decline in potential. So like after age 50 for guys, they, we should expect about a 1% decline in overall strength 
from then on. Mm -hmm. But if you're strength training, obviously you're still, you could still be building strength. It's just that top end potential starts to go down. Got it. So that's, what's so important about, you know, lifting weights in middle age is that you're really building a foundation that you're going to carry into your later years. And, you know, I, I forget who said this. I wish I could remember, but, um, it's maybe Peter Atia or something like that, but he was talking about, you know, the centurion Olympics and basically, you know, I want to live to be a hundred and I want to be active as a hundred year old. And so what does that mean? What do I like to do? I like to travel. So I need to be able to walk up and down stairs, you know, several flights of stairs a day. I need to be able to walk for four or five hours so I can tour the city. I need to be able to lift a 35 pound suitcase into the overhead bin. And so, building that strength foundation now allows you to have a much healthier, you know, sunset of yeah. your life. That's the goal, babe. Misogi. I, I'm here for it. You, you're Googling your Misogi. Uh, no, I just ordered a Christmas present for myself that you can give me. <laughs> We've lost him. Okay. Anyway, no, that's not true. Taylor, thank you for being here. We're going to have feature Taylor and these blog posts coming in January, but where can people find you if they're listening to this? You can find us at www.chaineffect. I'm sorry, it starts with www. It's not that. Just to make colon slash chaineffect.us. Chaineffect.us. If any of you know how to use the worldwide interweb, it's www.chaineffect.us. Sorry. And it's E F F E C T. Correct. Got it. Yes. Yes. E-F. Yes. <laughs> Effect. Effect. Yes. Um, well, that's awesome. And I want to do that 3D scanner thingy. Yeah. We're, we should be, uh, f have a full rollout by January 15th. Okay. We'll try so, to get and we can, we're actually, if you look on our website right now where you can pre-book to do this, to do your scan. Okay. So you can, uh, you can secure your spot right now for that. I'm going to go online and secure my spot. Okay. And my wife obviously would be frustrated with me if I did not mention yeah. nutrition counseling, Yes, which is super important as well for anyone's yes. fitness plan. Yes. And a lot of people don't realize that in your insurance likely covers 100% of your, uh, of nutrition counseling. Yes. And so. she's great and very, and not like super preachy about stuff. It's just like making, you know, setting up, um, realistic. Can you find her on chain effect also? You can find her on www.chaineffect.us. <laughs> <laughs> Colon backslash backslash. But the other, the other thing to know is that by yeah, insurance, it's covered yeah. by insurance yeah. and it's 100% free for most people and it's virtual. So you can knock it out on your lunch break while you're making good decisions about what you eat. Mm -hmm. And what I like to tell people is if it was just about the information, everyone would be thin. Yes. Right. It's so much more than that. It's about your relationship with food. It's about making little small changes here and there. And it's about that accountability. And that's the biggest thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like the amazing race gave you guys accountability yes. because you knew you had that, that end goal. And where do, where does regular Jane and Nancy find their accountability, right? They have to figure out like what is going to drive them. And, you know, I think for me, I want to be able to beat my kids in sports when they're 18 and I'm already 42. So that means I got to really work hard because mm -hmm. I'm going to be old dad out there. You are old. Dad. Yeah. I'm going to be old. dad. Yeah. I'm already old dad. Stop it. No, you're not. So, 
But anyway, so I think, you know, making sure that you have that motivation, that accountability is super important. Well, okay. Chaineffect.us. <laughs> We're on all the, on the socials too. Yeah. Well, thank you, Taylor, for coming by and sharing your knowledge. And I hope this was helpful for people. If you are, have any ideas for a good Masogi for me or have any questions for Taylor, um, screenshot this, tag us, um, slide into our DMs. Um, and thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.